best of all were the windows on every side. During the day, they bathed the room in light, and every evening I pulled the shades closed. I never thought to be nervous about those windows surrounding me as I slept. All that breakable glass. Those flimsy window clasps. That night, when I clicked off my bedside lamp, I had no idea that my room would never again feel full of light. Not from the gooseneck lamp or from sunlight streaming through the abundant windows, or from conversation and laughter drifting through the double doors. I was sound asleep when I heard Marty screaming. My first thought was that she and Teresa must be clowning around. I sat up in the dark. At the same moment, I felt someone beside me on the bed, a body pushing against me and pressing something cold and metallic against my temple. He was breathing hard and hissing words in a high-pitched voice. He sounded young and nervous and angry and black. I couldn't comprehend his words, but I could comprehend the danger. A black ski mask covered the man's head. The whites of his eyes glowed. His dark lips were visible through the mouth hole. Get down, bitch, get down! Time stopped as I tried to think. This wasn't a dream. This was really happening. This man had broken into our house. This man who had broken into our house meant to harm us. On a flow, bitch! What was he saying? What did he want? Upstairs, Marty had stopped screaming. Someone turned on the kitchen light which shone through the double doors into my room. I could see Cheryl standing there in the kitchen, all six feet of her. Her hand was still in the air, grasping the pull chain for the overhead light. She must have heard the screaming and come up from our basement bedroom. Without thinking, I pushed the intruder away, scrambled out of bed, and ran to Cheryl. She hugged me as I let out a strangled cry, my voice high and terrified. The intruder followed me into the kitchen, yelling. He grabbed me from behind and shoved the gun into my side. The pull chain was swinging wildly around our heads, and he cursed until he got a hold of it. He gave it a firm tug, and everything went dark. I heard, rather than felt, a sharp crack. It occurred to me, almost as if I were wrapped in many layers of gauze, that the sound had come from his gun connecting with my skull. Get down! He was furious. Cheryl and I dropped to all fours. We were both whimpering. He kicked us. Move! We crawled forward, shoulder to shoulder, like animals. My long flannel nightgown kept tripping me, and I had to pull the fabric away from my knees so I could keep crawling. At the doorway, we jammed up, so Cheryl went first and I followed. We passed from the worn linoleum of the kitchen onto the rough carpet of the dining room. Get down. This command came from a different voice, one strangely low and rough. I looked up to see our other housemates, Marty, Teresa, and Karen, enter the dining room, followed by another masked man with another gun. The women looked ghostly in their nighties barely visible in the faint street light that filtered through the curtained windows. The man was as dark as a shadow, dressed all in black with a ski mask over his head. On the floor, face down. My friends dropped to their knees.
The two intruders moved around us, kicking our feet and bodies. They would yell, move, or stop, at the same time, directions that were impossible to hear and comprehend and follow. So we crawled blindly around, as terrified as insects running from a boot. Shut up, they yelled over and over, even though no one was talking. When one of them pushed me down with his heel in the middle of my back, I crumpled where I was. I could hear my own blood pounding in my ears. I buried my face in the carpet, which smelled faintly like soap. We had shampooed the carpets with a rented machine just a month before, for our first party of the semester. I could hear ragged breathing beside me. We seemed to be lying in a row like sardines, alternating heads and feet. I thought Marty was on one side of me and Cheryl on the other, but...